There is one verse that I want to leave with you in these moments now, by the Lord's help, for just a few minutes. It is a unique verse. It is Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. You don't need to uh, look it up. I will just simply quote it to you. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith, or through faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. What a wonderful verse. What a unique window into the life of the Apostle Paul. There are many occasions in the New Testament when we get windows that shine light into this man who is so often spoken about. And every one of those occasions of his testimony give us a little different facet on his relationship with the Lord. And this one takes us to the inner reaches of his experience in the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course it is embodied in those words, I am crucified with Christ. At the latter part of that verse, it says, This Christ loved me and gave himself for me. And there is substitution. As I look at you tonight, I don't know you all by by name, and I certainly don't know you by life and by past. But I could make an assumption tonight that everybody who is here has trusted Jesus Christ. And you could say, Pastor Eric, I am saved. Yes, but I might be making a wrong assumption. Because there may be someone, and you have never been to the cross. You are not saved. You have no assurance of salvation in your heart. Your past has not been blotted out. You are under condemnation. Your feet are taking you to hell as fast as time can carry you. And there is only a heartbeat between you and eternal darkness. The very death shadows are on your brow. Time is not on your side. And this is the day of salvation. And the cross tonight is presented to you in testimony and in song as God's answer to your need. And the cross is unique in its content, supernatural in its power, but it has to be personal in its application. And you need to come to the foot of the cross. And there, 
you will experience a full and free pardon. The truth of substitution. He loved me and gave himself for me. When Charles Wesley read those words in the morning of the 21st of May, 1738, an Anglican vicar searching for the assurance of salvation, he said, oh, that I could say that that me was me. And in that special day, God's Spirit came to him, and that me of Galatians 2.20 became the me of Charles Wesley. And out of it, it came those wonderful words and thousands more. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. But in this verse, there is also the truth of identification. I am crucified with Christ. There are many people who accept the doctrine and the message of the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ on the cross. But they pay little attention to identification with that Christ in his crucifixion. And that is where the rubber really hits the road in believers' lives. Where the Holy Spirit of God brings us to a cross, our cross, our death, the death of our sinful self, life. Lord, let me die to selfish desire. Kindle in me the Pentecost fire, dead to the world, And all would I be living in Christ who liveth in me. When we used to go to Bangor Convention, there was a lady, she's still alive, she's quite elderly now, but she used to begin to sing and always moved our hearts. Her name was Betty Young. And she used to sing a song, Not I, but Christ, be seen, be known, be heard. And as we listened to it, the Not I, but Christ message began to slay the inmost self and sinful tendencies in our regenerate but unsanctified hearts. Until there came the moment when we took the step and came to the cross and experienced personal crucifixion. I want to read you a quotation from a wonderful evangelist known as John Thomas from Wales, Very many have accepted the substitutionary work of the cross. 
Not so many have claimed their identification with Christ on that cross. But F.B. Mayer, who is well known to so many, said this, Wherever by God's grace we erect the cross and assign our own life to its nails, the Spirit of God will breathe life and power. It's not a cheap blessing, as is regeneration. It's not a cheap blessing. Christ suffered outside the gate that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. And to those Hebrew believers, the Hebrew writer says, let us go forth unto him without the camp, without the gate, bearing his reproach. And when we belittle the message of identification with Christ in his cross, when we belittle or make little of the message of pure holiness as available now by faith and by grace, we belittle the work of the cross. We belittle the power of the blood of Jesus. My dear people, if the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ cannot cleanse our sinful self-nature, then it fails at the place where it most needs to succeed. And Jesus came to reverse the effects of the fall. He came so that we who, by creation's dawn, came from the hand of God, even in the person of our first parents, when God, the eternal Trinity, said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness, God, in that event, I can say to you, never made a sinner. God never made a sinner. It's equally true to say that God never made a devil. But by wrong choice of a free will capacity, a moral capacity to choose, man chose to disobey and became a sinner by nature and by practice. And Adam begat a son, and what does it say? After his own image, after his own likeness, which was very different to the likeness of the man that God created. And as the ages rolled, and the deep mar and scar, and the pollution, and the devastation and the wreckage and the carnage that flowed out from that, fall all across the world, continued on, almost unabated, except for the interjection of God through his people and the sacrifices and all of that that we have in the scriptures. But friends, we needed something to intervene. And God intervened and sent his own Son who is in the express image 
of the Father's person. Do you get the trend? And why so? So that in revealing himself to us, he said, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And when we see Jesus, we see the identical image and essence of God, eternal, revealed in the Son. But let me say something more. In coming and doing what he did, at Calvary's cross, whom he did foreknow. Listen to this. He did predestinate what to be, to be conformed to the image of his Son. What a circle of divine working that brings man back to the possibility of being remade in the likeness of Jesus. And when we bring our lives as an offering and a yielded sacrifice to the nails and to be identified with Jesus in his death, then the conformity to the image of the Lord Jesus becomes a more wonderfully fulfilled reality. Are you with me? And out of it there comes a fullness in Jesus on the positive side of the coin where the cleansed, purged heart with all that is a distorted image is dealt with at the cross in that identifying event. I am crucified with Christ. The body of sin, to put it in Romans 6, 6, is destroyed by the mighty power of the cross, the positive side of the coin is that the the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, plants the image of the holiness of Jesus into our hearts so that we are made in the likeness of his Son. Oh, to be like thee. Oh, to be like thee. Blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art, come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness, stamp thine own image deep on my heart. You know that song, that hymn that I've just quoted was written by T.O. Chisholm and it was written when T.O. Chisholm was yearning for the fullness of God in his life. That's wherein it was written. But when he came through into the blessing of full salvation then he wrote these words Buried with Christ my blessed Redeemer Dead to the old life of folly and sin. Dead to the world, to voices that call me. There is no answer from within. And he moves right on through that into a wonderful, glorious, victorious song. But here to conclude.
Christ liveth in me. Not I, but Christ. One eye is crucified that another eye might reign. And what is a cross? It's an eye crossed out. Has your self-eye with the distempers Has it been crossed out? Has the cross gone through your nature? Are you clean? Are you pure? Is your business clean? Are your hands clean? Financially? Morally? Are they clean? The sequel is a new Christ, a reigning Christ who reigns over all within, where Christ is all and in all becomes the norm of your victorious life. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Christ liveth in me. The truth of substitution, the truth of identification, the truth of possession. My body has become his temple. He walks about in me. I am bought with a price. And it is incumbent upon me to glorify him. In my body and in my spirit. Which are now under his sovereign control. Do you identify with me in that? I pray this evening that the Lord himself will continue to work in our hearts. People have responded in previous nights and that's been lovely and precious. But I know that there are others who are being touched in their hearts. And you say, yes, Eric, that is true and God is handling me and he's working in me. And he's bringing me to that place where I am willing. I am willing. Thine and only thine to be. Make my life thy living temple. Come today and dwell deeply, intensely, abidingly in me. Shall we pray? Savior, Savior, thy precious handler 
of our lives. Thy loving Lord, who has poured out thyself, not only that we might be related to thee, but that we might enjoy intimate fellowship with thee, not only that we might know thee as a pardoning Savior, but as a purifying Lord. And we pray this evening, dear Savior, that in every life in which thou hast been working, and tonight has been a different type of night, Lord, a quieter evening, a more structured, perhaps, thinking and thought, we pray thee, Lord, this evening for the drawing of thy Spirit in every single person, that we might not stop short of all that the Savior purchased for us on Calvary's cross and all that the Spirit has come to bequeath in us. Lord, hear us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.